0: Hello, Buckeye fans, and welcome to another episode of the Bucknuts Happy Hour. I'm Patrick Murphy, here to talk some Buckeyes today. Um, we're going to do probably a little bit shorter of a show today. It's been a busy week, crazy week. If you're in Columbus, Ohio, you know about the tornado warnings that went off the other night. Uh, we're going to do a little bit shorter, but try and get in some good stuff here. Before we begin drinking a PBR, got to keep it light, got a basketball game to cover this evening. So cheers, we'll pour this. We'll have a little bit of this during the show. Um, We'll see how it goes. If you have any questions, if you're watching this live, feel free to throw those in the chat here. We'll try and get to some of those towards the end. But what I want to focus on mainly today is Ohio State's transfer players. And I know we've kind of talked about a number of those guys Uh, throughout the the last month or so since they arrived on campus, but we haven't done a show strictly on those six players. The Buckeyes landed out of the transfer portal and kind of what the expectations should be for those guys going forward. And and for some of them, not even just this season. So I want to go guy by guy here and, and just kind of look ahead and, and evaluate what they bring to the program, both this year and then, if they, are, if they are eligible to remain beyond the season, we'll, we'll kind of talk about what they could bring beyond that. So let's start with Will Howard, quarterback. Um, he was the second, I believe, of the six to commit to Ohio State, but obviously a position Ryan Day evaluated this end of the season, telling Kyle McCord he couldn't promise him a starting spot. Kyle McCord hits the transfer portal. You have about a month before the Cotton Bowl where you're watching Devin Brown, Lincoln Keenholtz And who knows how this plays out if Devin Brown, for instance, goes out in the Cotton Bowl and just has a fantastic game against Missouri. Didn't happen. He gets hurt. Lincoln Keenholtz not ready, but has to come into the game. Doesn't have a great game either. And if you believe... Will Howard, when we spoke with him, and I have no reason not to, Ohio State kind of slow played him a little bit in wanting to, cheers, had to let the foam go down on that one. Um, the Buckeyes wanted to give this a serious evaluation of uh, of Devin Brown, of Lincoln Keenhold, specifically Devin Brown, I think, see if he could be the guy, and then kind of circled back to Will Howard, but kept the door open, uh, and Will Howard said, pretty much, you know, he had other offers, talked to USC, talked to Miami. He decided that he was either going to likely go to Ohio State if that option came open or head off to the NFL, but felt he needed to do more in college to get drafted where he wanted. So Will Howard comes in with high expectations. Obviously, you're a quarterback at Ohio State. And while Ryan Day wouldn't say when we spoke to him last that will Howard would be the starting quarterback. I think we all know that that's the direction this is heading unless something goes off the rails, right? Uh, if will Howard has just an awful off season and you know, maybe Devin Brown has a great off season, perhaps Devin Brown is your starter day one, but that isn't the plan as of right now. And I don't think that will be how it plays out. So let's just assume will Howard is the guy when a Buckeyes open the season next fall. So what what do you expect out of Will Howard? Well, first of all, big arm, big guy. Um, you know, listed at pull this up. I think he's six, yeah, 6'5", 242 pounds. So one of the bigger quarterbacks Ohio State has had uh, in in quite some time. And the the there have been a lot of comparisons with him and Josh Allen. And I think there's some similarities, though I don't think they are completely. Similar. Uh, when I, Will Howard first came on the the radar with Ohio State, I kind of looked at things and, and I wasn't sold. Could he be the guy? Yes, he could come in and do the job. But, you know, is he Ohio State caliber? Uh, the more I watched on Will Howard and I, I, you know, I have to admit, I don't I hadn't watch a lot of Kansas State. I'd seen them against Missouri uh, in the lead up to the Cotton Bowl. I'd watched the big 12 championship game two years ago, all that. But the more I watched, the more I liked what Will Howard was going to bring to this offense. And I think he will be able to distribute the ball to these weapons, which is really all you want. Right. And, you know, Kyle McCord was able to do that at a level. Now, can Will Howard raise that level? I think so. Based on his experience alone and having played multiple seasons in a power five conference, starting at points, through three seasons and all of last season, the experience alone should be enough to, okay, read the defense, get the ball to the open guy. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it can be that simple in an Ohio state offense with this many weapons. Assuming you've got protection up front. Um, Now, Will Howard, Will Howard's legs has, is something that's been talked about quite a bit because when he was at Kansas state, he was used quite a bit. And he said he was, there was a play sheet or part of the play sheet was Will Howard run plays. And he does not see himself as a running quarterback in his four seasons at Kansas state, 921 rushing yards, 19 touchdowns, uh, pretty good numbers. And, but he came to Ohio state to, to throw the ball to show that he can be an NFL type quarterback. And he said, you know, he'll run when he has to no doubt about that. but, it's not his intent to be a, a pure dual threat guy. Now where I think Will Howard will be at his best using his legs is probably down in the red zone. Um, You know, he doesn't scramble a lot. He can, but I think we know the Buckeyes have had issues scoring touchdowns when they get inside the twenties. I do think a guy like Quentin Judkins, who we'll talk about in in a minute, will help with that as well. But I think having that threat at the very least of Will Howard being able to, to use his legs um, will be big because last year, Kyle McCord not nearly as accurate in tight spaces as, as, um, as CJ Stroud was the year before. And, you know, the, the Buckeyes paid for it because they also couldn't run the ball well enough. Um, you know, they scored on, 50 trips to the red zone Ohio State scored 32 touchdowns which you know not not terrible um, but also not what you would expect from a program like Ohio State so I think you have to show it a little bit with Will Howard probably early I don't know if you need to use it all the time but I think just the threat of him being able to do that will make the Buckeyes better down there so my expectations for Will Howard probably lower than a lot of Ohio state quarterbacks. Um, you know, I don't anticipate him being a Heisman trophy candidate at the end of the season. He has the ability to, and obviously there's players around him that will, will allow that, but I don't think that should be where the bar is for him. His bar should be you know, improvement on Kyle McCord, use your legs when you need to, but mostly be that, you know, get the ball out and, and make some plays can get the ball downfield, which I think will be important with some of the weapons he has around him. But the, the, the main thing will just be distributing the weapons, finding the open guy, reading the defense and, you know, not making the crucial mistake. And obviously Kyle McCord is going to be, you know, despite the good things that he did as the quarterback, I think that the lasting memory is going to be the interceptions thrown against Michigan. So you just need to not make the crucial mistake. Right. And, and, you know, Will Howard throughout his career, I think has, has shown he can do that. So that's kind of where I would set the bar for him. He needs to be an improvement on Kyle McCord, but I don't expect him to reach the levels of a, a, Justin Field, CJ Stroud necessarily. And I don't know if the Buckeyes need that from, from him in 2024. on Judkins uh, coming from Ole Miss, another guy from Ole Miss. That's I think three and two years now for Ohio state with, uh, with, coming from from Oxford down the down south an interesting situation obviously because he committed minutes after Michigan won the national title game but before Travion Henderson at least made it public that he was planning on returning now Quinchon Judkins said he and Travion Henderson have become social media friends I guess they, they DM uh, or or whatnot somehow they've they gotten to know each other but maybe quinchon knew what trevion was going to do maybe he did it doesn't really matter he decided to come to ohio state for an opportunity trevion decided to come back so what that backfield looks like is going to be really interesting and kind of determine what the ceiling is for for quinchon in what i imagine will be his only season in columbus he's going into his third year has played a lot of football already um in his two seasons at old Miss, he carried the ball 550, 545 times, excuse me, 2,725 yards and 31 touchdowns. That's a lot of work on a guy. And we all know the running back position, not one that lasts nearly as long as it used to, um, you know, and, and the value tends to tends to drop off. Quinshawn was asked about that. He's not concerned right now about that part, but certainly something in his future – I think he'll have to think about. Um, So depending on how the Buckeyes want to split this up and, you know, the way I imagine it going would be, you've got Travion, you've got Quinshawn. I don't think it matters who starts the game, but those are your one, a one B. And then if you're going to mix Dallin Hayden in a little bit as well, then maybe you've got a one, a one B two, because I I don't think it will be a three headed monster. Could be wrong here. Obviously you want to keep Dallin Hayden happy as well. But for me, quinchon needs to be again another guy who can can do some power stuff in the red zone um but that needs to be however they work it out nearly a a 50 50 split i think to keep both guys as healthy as possible going through a long uh you know what could be what you hope is a long season right it it, it could work out that the buckeyes play 17 games this year if if you make it all the way the national title game and, and you have to play in that first round in uh in, in the college football playoffs. So you're going to need both Quinchon and Travion to try and be as healthy as possible for that stretch run. Does that mean his numbers don't look as good as they did at Ole Miss? Probably. Is he going to carry it 270 times? Something he did both years at Ole Miss actually carried at least 271 times um, each year. I doubt it Um, unless Travion gets hurt and, and the Buckeyes have to go with, with one running back. I imagine that that those numbers come down and maybe that, you know, the yards per carry and, and his yards per carry have been good. He's right at five yards per carry. Maybe that goes up a little bit because he's fresher in games, splitting up that workload with Travion Henderson. But my expectations are Quinton Judson is going to be really good in this backfield. Now, again, the caveat to all of this on the offense is the offensive line has to uh, block for these players, right? But assuming you get at least competency in the run blocking and Ohio state's run blocking, you know, got better throughout the year. I think Quinchon could have a a, a pretty big season. Now, again, I don't know if he's going to rush for 1100 yards just because he's not going to get the same kind of workload he got at Ole Miss last year, but I think he's okay with that. And if you can get him and Travion 800, 900 rushing yards each, and maybe Dallin Hayden is, is in there, you know, if they want to mix him in three, 400 yards, um, you know, and that may be a little bit much, but you know, if you, if you can figure out that nice rotation with the two, maybe three of them, I think it's the best thing for the team. And when we talked to Quinn Judkins, he was clear about wanting to win. Um, and you know, he came to Ohio state not only to get developed in a little bit more and head to the NFL, but he could have gone to the NFL regardless, Um, If he'd say it'll miss for another year, but there's an opportunity to do something special here as part of a team. And so I think that he will, you know, accept the role alongside Travion Henderson and still can put up big numbers, just may not be as big as he did at Ole Miss. And I don't think that would be a downgrade. I just think he's being used differently, which, which is important. Again, offensive line being the, the ultimate caveat there. Speaking of offensive line. Seth McLaughlin, McLaughlin, excuse me. He clarified that. Uh, played center the last year and a half or so at Alabama, was really good two seasons ago when he stepped in. Last year, I think people know by now, he had the snapping issues. It came to prominence, so to speak, uh, in the college football playoff semifinal against Michigan. That last play in particular gonna stop and have a drink here cheers in overtime but going back and looking at at Seth McLaughlin's overall game I think this is a guy to be excited about I expect him to be the Buckeyes starting center obviously he has to earn that job but I don't see I don't other than Carson Hinsman Josh Padilla uh you know, there's, there's not a lot challenging a guy who has that kind of experience, right. And especially if, if Carson Hinsman is not, you know, they're they're not as happy with what he did last season. So you, this is a guy who I think has only given up one sack in his career. So the blocking is, has been very good. The snapping is a thing that I think you can work out. And frankly, I think a change of scenery might be good for him in that department. you think about it, you're the starting center at Alabama, right? And every offensive snap starts with you snapping the ball. Well, you start to have a couple of these mistakes, especially in some high profile games. And you know, you're at Alabama, it's very similar to Ohio state and, and the fan base gets talking and you get asked about it throughout the season. And it's coming up in team meetings you know, you're just thinking about it a lot. And I don't know if he was ever able to kind of put it to the side last year. Um, and he admitted when we spoke with him, McLaughlin did, that there was a mental component to bad snaps. And I think, you know, not only did he say that Justin Fry has a plan in place to help with with not just that, but just the issue, any issues they saw in film – um, but I think just getting out of Tuscaloosa, going to a new fan base that isn't thinking about that as much. Um, obviously, the, the people who have paid attention know that history. But I think get, just getting a, a new a new space, getting in a different headspace, working in a new facility, different teammates, things like that. I think that can help you snap out of, you know, a rut, so to speak, or or whatever you want to call it. Um, because if you look back before last season, before it kind of started to, to spiral on, on McLaughlin, there were no snapping issues. Um, it it just wasn't, you know, he didn't have them. And so to me, that doesn't show that he has bad technique or, or any of those things that they can't do it. He's been playing since I think he said fourth or fifth grade at center. It's more that once, you know, once it happened a few times in big situations, then every snap you're thinking, all right, I got to do this right. I got to do this right. Okay. Now this year everything's different literally everything is different and you can kind of start fresh and I think that will be big for him um and you know having a veteran a guy who's played won an SEC championship played in the college football playoff having him being the center the apex of your offensive line I think that's a good thing for the Buckeyes um you know as long as those snaps are are going back to to the quarterback where he needs them I think Seth McLaughlin Will be a, a really important addition to this team um, as you as you kind of project into twenty twenty four. Will Kaz Kaz, Kaz-, Kaz- It's like a C. Um, this is an interesting one for me because a it's a tight end position that you know doesn't get a ton of buzz at Ohio State. You know we, they've certainly had good ones over there at at Ohio stadium at the Woody Hayes athletic center. But, you know, even a guy like Cade Stover, Jeremy Ruckert, Jeff Hireman, you know, it's just, that's not where the offense is tailored. It's not Georgia and Brock Bowers or, you know, the new England Patriots and, and Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Right. So it's not a sexy position, but you're losing a guy in Cade Stover who was important to what you did. And you don't have the, the guy to step up immediately. and, you know, fill in that spot. When when Jeremy Ruckert left, you knew it was going to be Cade Stover, right? G. Scott was there, but G. Scott has been fairly inconsistent with his play. Um, you know, former wide receiver, I think back to that Rutgers game last season, really good start, catches a touchdown and then has a drop, then had a few other plays that weren't, you know, it's just, it's just the inconsistency right now. And I like G. Scott a lot. I think he's going to be a really big emotional leader on this team. And I still think he has a spot. But for me, bringing in a guy like Will Kaczmarek is a sign that you felt there was a need there. And you went and found a guy who could do it. Now, comes from Ohio University. I've talked to a few of my friends when, when this first happened back in, I think, um, late yeah late December. They were like, you know, the best they could do was a guy from OU and not even the, the Oklahoma OU and I'm like, look, I, I I think that you've seen it. Power five teams can go in the transfer portal and bring in guys that can make an impact from you know guys that were missed, um, and that's what Will Kazmierik talks about in recruiting. He was part of that class um, during the pandemic where there wasn't the the normal evaluations in terms of what you are generally getting to to see. You know, players weren't going to camps. You weren't able to get the the, um, you know, evaluations that you normally do. And so some guys went overlooked and will Kazmarek thinks he is one of those guys. And if you look at what he did at OU, I think there's certainly an argument to be made for that. Uh, took a red shirt season and then the last two years caught 42 passes for 507 yards and two touchdowns, nothing crazy, But, you know, at Ohio State, you don't need crazy from the tight end position. He's a willing blocker. He, uh, you know, has ties to Ohio, even though I think he's from St. Louis. Um, You know, spent the last three, four years, three years, I think it is, uh, at OU. So, you know, now kind of understands what Ohio State means to people in Ohio. And I think that's important. Um, And... You know, he's willing to do what's needed to win. And I think that is what you want from the tight end position at Ohio State. You know, guy who's going to be the blocker, but can also go out and, and make some plays. And in my mind, Will Kaczmarek is the likely starting tight end heading into 2024. Um, look, G. Scott will have that opportunity as well. But the experience that Kasmeric has and, and the production, frankly, um, is is the greatest on the roster. So for me, he is a guy who um, you know fills a hole that you had because there's just there's not a ton of depth um, there. You know, Jelani Thurman, young guy, still kind of coming into his own. We'll, we'll see what he can do this spring and, and kind of stepping in. You know, didn't play a ton this past season. I know he actually started the Cotton Bowl, but still didn't play much there. Just. You know, still kind of be, they need him to be more all around than just a pass catcher. And, you know, you've, you've that that will take some time, just like it did with G. Scott, who's kind of a similar situation. Um, G. Scott, obviously a converted receiver, like I said, but that's essentially what Jelani Thurman was in high school as well. Um, so, you know, they, they have some guys there, but just no one that's obviously the guy that's going to step in. So they went to the portal, they found a the guy with experience. I like the move. I'm going to be honest. Now, in terms of my expectations, statistically, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't think you put Cade Stover numbers on him necessarily. Last season, Cade Stover caught 41 passes for 576 yards, five touchdowns. So not far off from what, uh, you know, Will did in his career at OU. And obviously, we'll be playing with better players. Um you know, in terms of you assume with Will Howard, uh, it's quarterback, um, you know, could he be somewhere in between the 22 catches he had a season ago, 22 catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns and where Cade Stover was? I think that would be a very reasonable expectation in terms of production. And then you know, could he improve on the blocking from the tight end position because, you know, Cade Stover. I believe he actually spoke about this at the combine, uh, at the NFL combine, but it just wasn't, wasn't always up to snuff. I think some of it had to do with injuries and, and whatnot. And it's not that Cade Stover can't do it. It just didn't always come off the way they wanted. So can you improve a little bit there? Maybe you lose a little bit receiving, but you, you overall have a pretty good player. And I think that's what the Buckeyes saw when they evaluated the tight end position and found a guy not far down the road um, in Will Casmeric flipping to the defensive side of the ball. And it's interesting with the way that the defense was viewed a year ago and, you know, bringing in transfer guys a year ago, uh, what was it? Out of the nine guys Ohio State brought in, uh, four of them were defensive players. This year out of six guys, only one is a defensive player. But he's a good one. And that is safety Caleb Downs. I think the expectation for Caleb Downs should be as high as you, as high as you can go. Um, I remember sitting in the press box at Ohio stadium after one of Ohio state's games this year, and they had the Alabama, Alabama game on. And I forget who Alabama was playing, but Caleb Downs made some plays in that game. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there writing and, you know, kind of glancing up at the TV screen. I felt like every time I glanced up and Alabama was on defense, it was the Caleb Downs show. And I remember saying to uh, to one of the other writers sitting by me, you know, man, they certainly could have used him on this defense. And, look, it's not like Ohio State's defense was bad last year in the, in the slightest, but this is just a, a difference maker defensively leading Alabama's defense with 107 tackles had two interceptions had a fumble recovery four passes broken up forced a fumble four kick or four punt returns excuse me uh for 87 yards had a touchdown in that you know something he could also help Ohio State in in that department so look Caleb Downs is going to come in and start right away he's gonna replace Josh Proctor I think if if you don't land a Caleb Downs. Say Nick Saban doesn't retire. Cheers. And that's a cheers to Nick Saban retiring. A, because he's the GOAT. B, because it's benefited the Buckeyes so significantly this offseason. Um, uh, but if if Nick Saban doesn't retire, or if he does and Caleb Downs decides, he's still not going to, you know, enter the transfer. Or he ends up at Georgia. You know, the Buckeyes would have been fine. Malik Hartford showed some flashes last year. They would have been in, but I think bringing in a guy like Caleb Downs takes the seal, whatever the the defense's ceiling was, or specifically the secondary ceiling would have been in 2024 and raises it quite a bit. Um, You know, this is a guy who we talked about, we talked to about his preparation and, you know, he talked about how he's either watching film either in the facility or at his apartment or he's playing video games that's really about it. That's what he does. He's a football guy and he has significant discipline. Um, you know, he kind of grew up. This is his dream. And and that, while that's true about a lot of these guys, you know, he's a guy who clearly put the work in. You don't just start in Alabama secondary as a true freshman because, you know, it's not like every, any, anybody can do that. Then to be the best player in that secondary, maybe the best player in that defense arguably one of the best safeties in the country as a true freshman shows the kind of work that this kid puts in along with his natural abilities. And, you know, he wants to know the whole defense. He wants to essentially be that quarterback of the defense, know where every guy's going to be. You know, I think that'll be big, especially because you're losing a guy like Tommy Eichenberg, who's been that guy the last couple of seasons. So having Caleb Downs from that perspective is huge. But then just his skill, right? The, the abilities that he has to you know make plays, make tackles. Um, you know, I read you the statistics. You know, I was actually surprised he only had two interceptions last year. I felt like I saw him intercept the ball more. Maybe I just maybe I also happened to see his fumble recovery and his punt return and, and just assumed they were all interceptions. But uh, you know, I really think he can be a you know, take what I was already a highly ranked defense with a lot of guys coming back and, and push the ceiling that much higher. Um, you know, I, there aren't many players like him out there and, you know, the Buckeyes wanted him coming out of high school. were close. Didn't get it, but made sure they got the guy the second time around. And you're going to get two years with him. At least I assume you only get two, but you know, technically he could play longer. That is two years to potentially have the best defensive player in college football. Not bad, not bad at all. I think Jim Knowles will, will be happy. We've already talked to Matt Guerrero about Caleb Downs and he was gushing over him. Um, So look, I, I think this is a home run of these transfers. I think Caleb Downs may have the biggest impact. Now was he the biggest position of need? No that was probably on the offensive line and and maybe they haven't even filled that yet. That's a topic for another day, but certainly he may be looking back on this transfer class. He may be the best of the group. Now there's another guy, the last guy in this group and and that's Julian Say in the quarterback who I think will also have his say in being uh, the best guy of this group, but probably not in 2024. Unless things Go very differently than I expect. Uh, Julian Sain, for those that aren't aware, but I'm sure most of you are, was in the t- 2024 recruiting class, committed, signed with Alabama. He enrolled at Alabama, practiced a little bit uh, before they they played Michigan, and then obviously entered the transfer portal. Ends up at Ohio State. Um, I know there's been frustration because the way that the 24/7 Sports rankings do things. Uh, Julian Sain isn't listed as a member of Ohio State's 2024 class. Look, I don't make the rules in those things. He transferred, so technically he's a part of the transfer. There are rankings that include both the transfers and uh, the the high school commits. So if you're into where the Buckeyes fell, there are rankings you can look at. I know other sites have done things differently, but that's the way we're going to do it, at least for now. Uh, but in terms of what Julian Sain can do, cheers. Um, you know, I think this year is going to be a learning year, but also a year that needs to be competitive for him. He's going into a quarterback room that, as we record this, features not only Will Howard and Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholtz, but also Aaron Nolan, who Julian Sayan was the, I think the number two quarterback in, uh, in the recruiting rankings, number three quarterback, excuse me, um, in the – 2024 rankings Aaron Nolan was number seven so you've got two of the top seven quarterbacks from the 2024 class on the Buckeye roster um, I think what what you'll see well first of all we don't know what's going to happen with the rest of that room you know just Devin Brown look to transfer does Lincoln Keenholz look to transfer um, you know that that's to be determined obviously but I think if I'm Julian saying I'm looking at this year as, okay, I'm competing to move as high up the depth chart as I can as a freshman. And, you know, that has the potential to be the backup to, again, assuming Will Howard, you know, if he can show that he's, he's ready. Remember a few years ago, CJ Stroud's, uh, sophomore year, his first year as a starter is Kyle McCord, who was his backup, a true freshman, not Jack Miller. Um, Julian sand will have to earn this, but the talent is undoubtedly there. And, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from these other guys. Cause I also believe they're talented, but there's a reason he was ranked as highly as he was. And I think coming into a room like this with air Nolan in the same class and with these other guys, you, you need to push each other, right? Each of these guys needs to push the other to be the best that they can be. And that includes Will Howard, assuming he wins the job, uh you know he needs to feel every day not that the job's not his but just know there's a lot of talent back there right and there's there's a guy like Julian Sain behind you um you know potentially who you know yeah he's a freshman yeah he doesn't have the experience you do but he's got a lot of talent and so it, for this season that's my expectation is see how high up the depth chart and unfortunately we don't get an actual depth chart anymore under Ryan Day but see how high up in that depth chart, Julian saying can get, and then, you know, maybe get some snaps, get some experience. Um, you know, Ryan days talked a lot about the length of the season. Like we were talking about with the running backs earlier and the same should be true with the quarterbacks. Not that you're going to rotate them, but when you get the chance to get Will Howard out of the game, get Will Howard out of the game and get some of these other guys snaps, especially the young guys. So you're ready down the road. Um, you know, I just think with, with as talented of a room as that is, you can't just play Will Howard into the fourth quarter when when you don't need to, because you don't want him hurt and you want to get these other guys experience. That's my Ryan Day has not traditionally done that as as early at least as I would, but I wonder if that changes this year because you have a Julian Say and Air Nolan on the roster. Looking forward, I think what Julian Say can do by climbing his way up the depth chart, if he has a good spring, good fall camp, you know he's he's competing right Where He may, maybe he's not competing for that starting job this year, but the coaches are watching what Julian say and what Aaron Nolan, what all these guys are doing. And, you know, that'll continue to be in the back of their minds as they eventually go on to, to make decisions beyond 2024. Right. And, and kind of who's going to be the guy going forward. So the opportunity is there for Julian saying to set himself up for success. Now beyond 2024, you know, whether he is the starting quarterback in 2025 or or, or whatnot. For me, if Julian saying doesn't start at Ohio State at some point in the next couple of years, beyond 2024, uh, something went wrong because he's just too talented not to win that job at some point. Um, but he's gotta do it. And, you know, Aaron Nolan, I could I would have said the exact same thing about him. I think the the diff, you know from people I've talked to that have seen both guys play, um, I've seen a little bit of both guys and I don't want to pretend to be an, a recruiting expert but the you know the, there is a bit of a difference between the two is, is my understanding and and I would agree from the little bits that I've seen. So if you're Julian saying your goal's got to be I'm going to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State in 20 frankly what the hell you might as well try and and win the job this offseason and be the starting quarterback in 2024 but I think a the more realistic goal would be Be the starting quarterback in 2025, have two great seasons, a la CJ Stroud off to the NFL. And, you know, we've seen what CJ Stroud did from there. That would kind of be the way that I would expect things to go for Julian Say. And now Aaron Nolan is going to have a part in that conversation. Lincoln Keenholtz is going to. We, Devin Brown, likely as well, assuming all those guys stay in the program. So, it's not going to be easy for a young guy like Julian saying, uh, you know, when CJ Stroud got here, there was Justin Fields for sure. And there was Jack Miller, but it was pretty clear early on that that CJ Stroud was going to be the, the heir apparent to, to Justin Fields. I don't think that it is that clear, at least right now, we'll see how things go in the spring and the fall and uh, fall camp. And then even into the season. Um, I don't think it's that clear for Julian saying, but I do think the opportunity is there. You know, you, you've got the chance don't waste this offseason is what I would say, because the competition for the starting job won't start after Will Howard walks out of that building, everything, all of these quarterbacks do over the next several months will be in the back of the coaches' minds as, as they kind of go to make that decision, or at least the starting points in making that decision heading into the, you know, in the 2025 offseason. All right. So those are the transfer portal guys. I did see we had a couple questions in the tra- chat. So I will uh, answer those. And then, like I said, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show than we usually do with a lot going on basketball game earlier tonight, all that stuff. So. Um, let's get to the questions here. Jermaine H. Runnels. What do you think of the recruiting violations? Ohio state announced. Um, if you missed that, we have a story on Bucknuts about it. You can go read the whole thing. I won't go into to all of it, but basically since the summer, Ohio State has had some, some minor recruiting violations, things like providing a, a player or a player's legal guardian with a photo edit that they're not supposed to do, um, You know, a booster taking a picture with the guy, a staff member commenting on Twitter about what we th- what, what was pretty clearly Caleb Downs commitment to Ohio state before he actually signed. You can't do that. Those type of things. None of it was anything alarming. Um, I think honestly, there's probably programs around the country that have done similar, if not the same things and probably didn't report them. Um, we know Ohio state's compliance department is pretty strict, maybe one of the strictest in the countries. And so, you know, it's, I guess, better to report these things than have it come out later, I guess. Um, for me, fairly, <laughs> to, they are minor, but still, for just, just fairly minor, kind of stupid stuff that you, you know. I don't even know why some of these things are rules. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, the NCAA has placed a lot of these rules in place that you look up, back on, especially now with like NIL and things. You know, like why, and some of these are are the you know, if a booster, I, I mean I guess I get the spirit of the rule with a booster not being able to take a picture with the kid on the sidelines, uh, because you don't want you know, the influence. But you know we're we're in such a wild west world in college football now. Who really cares at this point? You know if a booster taking a, you know. I mean, LeBron James stands on the sidelines at Ohio State sometimes. And, like, is that an unfair recruiting advantage? I guess you can pitch LeBron James, but, like, sorry. You know, that's the way I would feel if I'm the Buckeyes, right? Um, and not saying this was LeBron James. It's not. But just, you know, using an example. Um, so, you know, I, I thought they were all, yeah, you, you report them. You get some minor slaps on the wrist. You know, Brian Hartline couldn't recruit for – a week or, or something along those lines, read the story, but it, it's all just silly stuff. And, uh, yeah, know. And we may look back on this down the road and think similar to the way we think about TAT gate now with NIL, like, oh, there was a time the NCAA cared about things like that. So, you know, that's kind of my take on it. Um, Matt swavel, swavel, sorry if I pronounced that wrong top two running backs, the nation are wanting him. I assume you're referring to Will Howard be a mobile quarterback. Uh, No, I don't want him to be a mobile quarterback. He doesn't want to be a mobile quarterback. I think where he can use his ability with his legs is in the red zone because as Urban Meyer used to talk about a lot, having a mobile quarterback or at least the threat of a mobile quarterback means the defense has to account for all 11 players there as opposed to just 10 and it makes life more difficult. Uh, I think more often than not, when the Buckeyes get in the red zone next year, they're going to run the ball with the running backs. But I think there will be times when Will Howard, whether it's keeping the ball on a read play or or design quarterback run, um, you'll see him carrying and, you know, especially as you get in short, carrying the ball. And, and I imagine he scores some rushing touchdowns. But no, I don't think it will look anything like a Braxton Miller, uh, Terrell Pryor, a JT Barrett, a Justin Fields even. Um, I think it will be when needed, you use Will Howard's legs. And you know, I think that's a, a good way to go about it. Cheers. Um, unless you have any other questions, I don't think I missed it. The last, more of a comment, but I saw Jermaine Runnels said, Jelani Thurman should be the star tight end. Um, I don't disagree with you. I talked about him a little bit. I don't disagree that he should be a star. I'm just not sure he's ready to, to do all the things Ohio state requires from the tight end position. And, and we know that it's not, you know, the, the primary pass catchers are the receivers. Now, if and when Jelani Thurman earns the right to be on the field more, does that shift and they start using him again, I'll use the example of Brock Bowers at Georgia. Do you start using him more? That's quite, quite possible. Um, but there's no, you know, no rush to get him on the field when you have the pass catchers that you do. And you look at what Georgia had these last couple of years; it wasn't like there was a plethora of really talented wide receivers, so they they kind of had to use Brock Bowers in that way and use his skills. Um, but Jelani Thurman has the all the talent to be a superstar at Ohio State, and I do think in 2024 you need to start getting him more involved on the offense um, because he is that talented. And, and, you know, you don't just want to waste another year of a guy that's that talented. Um, but I don't make the calls. Right. So we will see how his role grows this season. Um But I do, you know, going back to it, I do think Will Kazmarek was brought in to be the starting tight end. I think G Scott was certainly in the mix there as well. And then, you know, is Jelani Thurman ready to be in the mix there as a third to be type guy? That's kind of up to him, and and that'll be what this offseason determines. Um, I will be publishing – this is Thursday that we're recording this – my questions for tight ends um, heading into spring practice. So if you're interested in more tight end talk, you can find it there. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Um, this was a relatively quick, but uh, I still think important, Bucknuts happy hour. Wanted to talk about those transfer guys because we just hadn't really – Dive, dove into all of them, um, bits and pieces, obviously as they committed and, and things like that. But I thought, you know, kind of giving my perspective on where they, where where their expectations are in my mind, I thought would be be interesting. And we're gonna start uh, off with spring practice next week, so we'll have actual football to talk about. Um, we're supposed to get interviews with with Ryan Day and Chip Kelly next week. Um, the juniors that returned as well at some point next week. So stay tuned. We will have plenty of stuff from all of that, and uh, you know we're off and running. Then there will be a, a brief spring break period after the first week, and uh, then the, then they'll pick back up after that. I think it's the week of the 11th of March. Uh, but it's off and running. And Buckeye basketball, I would uh, be doing Timmy Hall and Steve Hellwig disservice, not to mention Buckeye basketball tonight got a big one at home against Nebraska. Can they get a little bit of a run going here at the end of the season. You got Nebraska, a team that beat them earlier in the season tonight, and then you've got Michigan at home on Sunday. Could you, you know, put together after that win at Michigan State, put together three wins in a row before you go to Rutgers and go to the Big 10 tournament? I think that would be that'd be a nice little way to end the season and then who knows what happens in in the tournament. So, we shall see. I'll be there. Steve is at the Combine covering all of that for us at Bucknuts. So if you're interested in what's going on there, follow along with Steve's work. I'm helping out with that too from home. Thank you all for tuning in to another Bucknuts happy hour. I hope this was entertaining for everybody. And we will talk to you next week, Buckeye fans. Cheers.